This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Two of the greatest things on earth, the start of the NFL season and the Open Championship. I wonder who we can get to talk about both. Oh, yes, Trey Wingo, who has more credits to his name than anybody I know. Pro Football Network, 33rd team, half forgotten history, and will be hosting on Peacock opening rounds of the Open Championship. You are, I know right now you are headed to Golf Channel Studios. You got to be stoked for that. Uh, Adam, it's great. It's a great time of the year. I'm very excited. I love the Open. I love everything about it. It's my favorite golf major without question. So, yeah, I'm stoked. And also just be happy to talk to you, my friend. <laughs> well, it is also my favorite major, so maybe that's why we get along. All right. Well, I want to start with some football things because I think there are more people out here going, what's the deal with Saquon Barkley? Uh, I understand. I completely understand his position. What is his leverage really other than legitimately holding out? Nothing. And unfortunately, with the new CBA, holding out is going to cost him all kinds of money. You know, like uh, the way this thing was uh, negotiated the last time around was another thing that was kind of a crushing blow to players Mm -hmm. that don't have the opportunity to get the contract they wanted because of all these fines and suspensions and and the dollar amounts that a team can levy well in the previous collective bargaining agreement the team can say oh you know what we're not going to do that we just we're we you know we settle our differences we're not going to charge that that's not allowed anymore you miss you miss and so you know unless he wants to go full levy on bell which by the way very interestingly levy on bell yesterday put up or the day before i can't remember basically put up an apology to Steelers fans for the year he held out and cost himself $12.5 million and said, what the hell was I thinking? I was wrong. I owe you guys an apology. It was great that he did it, but it just shows you the leverage that does not exist, especially for running backs. Yeah, it's, it is unfortunate. Look, you and I, we, we might agree on this or not. The CBA is just, it's one of the most one-sided documents. I compared it to the scholarship agreement, which you, which used to be, I guess, there's more freedom for college players now, but it used to be entirely one-sided. And that's the way the NFL CBA feels to me, because these running backs, by the time they get to a place where they might have some leverage, they're basically done as players on average. Yeah. And it's you know I, I will say this about the CBA I, I think the the, uh, the NFLPA knows the battles they can win mm-hmm. and knows the battles they cannot. So what they try to do in every situation when they go into negotiation is say to ourselves, what are the things we can realistically get that will benefit the most players and hurt the fewest? And you know the idea of less padded practices, less hitting. Uh, and at a higher guaranteed floor as opposed to a ceiling on the cap. Those are realistic things that help as many players as possible. And, you know, people are like, well, you got to get rid of the franchise tag. Well, that's, right. that's not going to affect a lot of players. It's not going to affect a lot of players. Uh, you got to get Raj Goodell out of uh, discipline. Well, that's not going to affect the most players. And, you know, there are some mitigating circumstances now that we certainly played out for the first time in the Deshaun Watson suspension of a year ago that have mitigated that somewhat. But at the end of the day, those are things that target a small number of players, 
and the, the NFLPA is always, their philosophy has been, what's the widest net we can catch to benefit the most people? And that's sort of their, been their philosophy. Trey Wingo is joining us here at Wingo's on Twitter. Z at the end, not an S. Uh, He will be hosting on Peacock opening rounds of the Open Championship, and I promise we will get to that uh, before we are done having this discussion. I think the thing about Barkley that really kind of jumps out to me, and I'm not knocking Daniel Jones as a player. But the fact that Daniel right. Jones could command $40 million a year from the Giants and Barkley can't get more than 10 or can't get more than a year is, I mean, yeah. it's so hard to process that there has to be some way uh, to kind of alter the, the structure of this to where we don't have a guy who's basically an average player at his position make that, and a guy who might be one of the two or three best at his can't get a deal. The position is the position. I mean, unfortunately, you know, you know Dan Orlovsky went on some show, I can't remember which one it was, that we got to fix this. Well, how are you going to fix it? Yeah. Like, like, what are you fixing? It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a market driven by demand. Quarterbacks are in a higher demand. We protect the quarterbacks. Yeah. We make sure the quarterbacks can stay on the field. We do not have those protections in any way, shape, or form for running backs. You are more likely to get hit by being a running back than you are in any other position in the NFL. There was a time <laughs> when the running back position was the glory position yep. in football. It is not that anymore. And You know, you, you look at so many uh, former NFL players, right, and look at the positions their sons are playing. Joe Horn's son, J.C., uh, you know, Joey Porter's son, Joey Porter Jr. Yep. These guys are playing wide receiver or cornerback because they know that's where the longevity is and that's where the money is. That's what these guys are telling their kids. Yeah, Deion Sanders' kid's a quarterback. Uh, that's exactly. <laughs> You would never tell your kid to be a running back these days. I talked about this yesterday. The When I grew up, man, the, if you were number 32, if they handed you number 32, you thought you were the greatest running back right. in the world. But it's it's not no right. it's not a glamour position anymore. Everybody's still chasing the Kansas City Chiefs. How did De, uh, Hopkins DeAndre Hopkins not end up there? Uh, I I think at some point, like, you know, the Tennessee Titans made sweeten the offer because I firmly believe that he was waiting to see what Kansas City could do once they renegotiated the deal for Chris Jones. Which you know I think they're still trying to do, but I think. DeAndre felt the need. Look, I gotta, I gotta get something done here. But, but before we go on to that, just real quickly, I'm glad you brought that up. There's no doubt denying the Kansas City Chiefs have been the most dominant franchise since Patrick Mahomes took over. But over the last four years, they've been to three Super Bowls and won two of them. Mm-hmm. The best running backs for the Chiefs over that time frame: <laughs> uh, undrafted free agent Damian Williams, yep. third round pick Jarek McKinnon, who they sign every year for pennies on the dollar, and seventh round pick Isaiah Pacheco. Not listed their 2020 first round pick, uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire, whom they all admit was a mistake. Yeah. So, you know, when you get that kind of production from those kind of players, that also adds to the problem that the running back market faces. Yep. Uh, now, DeAndre, my only concern for DeAndre is he's going to the place where good wide receivers go to never be heard from again. <laughs> okay? I mean, the list is spectacular. Randy Moss. Yep. Julio Jones, you know, they, we're talking big names. 
that have gone through, I'm, I'm, and I'm missing one. I can't remember who it is right now. Uh, you know, the, these guys that go and sign contracts. Oh, uh, Andre Johnson. These yeah. guys that go and sign these contracts in the in the latter half of the year for Tennessee, it almost never works. So, and you know, the Andre's thing was what we put out three things. I, I want a I want a quarterback committed to winning. Yeah. I want a stable front office, and I want a championship defense. It's the first year of the new front office uh, in Tennessee. Their quarterback situation could not be more in flux. Kids, when they say it's not about the money, it's always about the money. Right, and it's it's okay for it to be about the money. I would just like more Harold Varners of the world to admit that it's all about the money and not and not about the other stuff. Um, all right, let me get to the Open Championship because you're going to be busy on Peacock. Uh, do you hit the air at one one thirty five a.m. when Brandon Grace is in the first group off the first tee at Hoylake? Hey, it's Adam Golden. I'm in studio with my friend Coach Pete DeRuder with the Capital Financial Advisory Group. Is it ever too soon to seek out you and your expertise? Really, there's no too soon. It's time to get serious. So if you're 50 or over, we call it the financial red zone. And that's when really it's time for you to take control of your money and, and make sure you have a firm on your side that's a fiduciary planning firm, which means they take your side at all times. Now, we'll do this for the next 10 of you who call. This is a $1,000 value, but I'm going to waive my planning fee to make sure you get your total retirement plan and you get on the right path for retirement. Call 888-843-0013, 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Thankfully, the answer to that question is hell no. <laughs> uh, we're going to be on the air from 10 to 3, uh, Thursday and Friday. And uh, it's going to be sort of a red zone type coverage, yep. Manning cast, if you will. Billy Ray Brown and I, three-time winner on the tour. Mm-hmm. We're going to be bouncing around uh, all over the course, which I'm really excited about. We've got some interviews lined up with former players, current players, uh, and, and just a whole bunch of stuff. So we're really excited about it. Um, look, I, I was there at Hoy Lake in 2014 where Rory won. Uh, you know, it, it's really interesting. In, in our golfing lifetime, it's only the third time it's been played at Hoy Lake. Uh, it, they, you know, they, they went from 1967 yeah. to 2006 without playing it there. Tiger won famously in 26, in 2006 when he pulled driver one time mm-hmm. for four rounds because the course was so baked out. Rory kind of overpowered the course uh, in 2014 with a driver. Uh, I don't think you can do that now because they've had a lot of rain and the rough has grown up significantly from where it was in 2014. So it's going to play very different. The tent pole in 26, 2006 and 2014 was a par five. It's now a par four. Uh, the 18th hole, which is a par five, has an internal inbound, out of bounds fence on the right <laughs> side that they moved in 20 yards. Yep. Uh, and they also, uh, if they've added 50 yards to the tee, it's going to play very differently than it did either in 2006 or 2014. Yeah, Tiger uh, hit iron off of every tee except for three during the course of his win and only won by, like, five shots. If I'm not mistaken, Sergio dressed like a banana in the final group. The joke we made at the time is he wore yellow pants, so if he was teed next to Tiger, no one'd see if he had a little accident. <laughs> uh, yes, who do you like? Well, listen, Rory winning last week was huge, but not just because he won, because the bugaboo for Rory has been his putting, right? Yeah. Uh, last year's Open, uh, he finished, he, he had the lead going into the final round, shot under par, didn't make a bogey, didn't three-putt a single green, and lost, which is almost impossible to do. Um, 
you know, and then last last U.S. Open, yeah. you know, the putter got him again. What I'm happy about if I'm Rory to win the Scottish Open, he needed to make clutch birdie putts on 17 and 18 on Sunday to get it done. That tells me a putter is warming up, and if the putter is warming up for Rory, he's the best striker of the ball there is. The other guy you have to look at is Scotty Scheffler. Yep. The last time Scheffler finished outside the top 12 in any event he's played was week seven of the 2022 NFL regular season. He has been remarkably consistent. And one other nugget here about Scotty. Currently, he's averaging a bogey or worse just over 10% of the time. Uh, that right now would be the lowest we've seen since Tiger Woods did it in 2000 at 9.8%. So we're talking about a guy who's been remarkably consistent. Yep. And, you know, you're going to you're gonna have to hit a lot of really good irons uh, to find a way to win at Hoyland. Yeah, you don't have to be a great putter, so, but you have to, obviously you have to putt well, but you don't have to be somebody who is known as lights out in the green, even though Cam Smith, who is an incredible putter, yeah. he won last year, made a lot of putts to do it, but I think you uh, correctly point out Rory kind of, uh, left the door open by not being able to finish some of the stuff that he had started. Trey, Trey Wingo, uh, too many credits on Peacock tomorrow, uh, 10 to 3, and on Friday, 10 to 3. We'll talk more football with you down the road. I appreciate your time. You got it, Adam. Take care, buddy. Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate. 